0: Can you hear me? All right, 503. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? All right, I think you can hear me now. All right, can you hear me? Shit. Can you hear me? All right, you're on. All right, you're there. Hello. Cannot hear anything. Want my money back. I tell ya. Can you hear me? Unmuted. Can you hear me? Dead air. Dead air. I'm screwed. Uh, My name is Ed Wolf. this is the Vape Week Number 9 Festivus Edition where all are encouraged to air their grievances and I've got a list of suggested grievances for for people to use. I will uh, be uh, airing my grievances as well because if you're having Festivus, you must have grievances. Alright, so I put out a small agenda of grievances I think if you heard my show last week, um, you can understand at least why uh, I've been upset about some things, hopefully. Here is my first grievance. Competitors are using advocacy to slam other businesses that they're competitive with. And so the branding label that is the transgression is something called Sour Dream. And because if that happens, then then it basically would be a cascade against the whole industry and everyone would be uh, screwed. Uh, because if somebody's regulating a bottle that says, Sour Dream, no images other than just colors, and uh warning labels and things like that if if that product is as to be regulated out of existence then it would just be a cascade of problems that would fall upon the industry and screw everyone up so so this is just absolutely bullshit. because if companies are going to go around and attack other people's labels they're doing it not under the banner of advocacy they're doing it under the banner of competition and Yes, everybody in the industry is tied together to some degree, but at the same time, that's bullshit because the industry is just too big. Uh, And I'm trying to think of a good example of... uh, It's basically, uh, how about this? Uh, How about you go to a stadium and everybody is an Oakland Raiders fan. So everybody is wearing, you know, black and silver uh, and uh, says commitment to excellence is the the slogan. And then the old... uh, owner uh, Al Davis his motto was just win baby so everybody's going around but there's some people that in that group are going to be doing things that you don't like and these are your competitors if you will this is what the analogy is so there's some guys that are walking around with their faces painted and with uh, big uh, you know hats and stuff and who knows what's going on but you're not going to like some of these other people that are also fans of your team now what do you do do you try and get the the guy with the face paint and who's not wearing a shirt kicked out of the audience to go and find the people that have their face painted with the Oakland Raiders colors, and then to uh, to get them out, to make them gone, and, and for what reason? Was it because he wants a better view, or does he does does he not share the same reasons why the other people in that stadium? are are also fans of the game so that's kind of what the industry is we're, we're all fans of the same thing but there's people doing things that you don't like or you may not like maybe uh somebody's brought their kid into the uh thing and they're, they're they have a crying baby at the game and you think well why on earth would they bring a crying baby into a sports game we're supposed to be concentrating on the guys with the helmets beating their heads together it, it's it's the same sort of thing except when it's done in what the case that we're talking about, which is, you know, competition between competitors, which are in the same industry, you don't want to use the the power of the authority or uh, authorities or the power of what you perceive to be what the authorities against your competitors. So it's a real problem. And we, we can't have people, let me say it again. It is a serious problem to have competitors using the banner of advocacy to go against other competitors because it gives more power to the anti-vaping groups and there are people that think that labels or whatever are going to be the tools that are used against the whole industry. And most of the the thinking that labels and marketing are going to be the downfall of the industry fortunately are false let me say that again labels and marketing to kids and things these assertions made by all of these people they are not going to be how the industry is stopped they are fluff they are they are small items they will be attempted to be used as tools but and and when i'm talking about marketing to kids i'm using it the way that dimitri has been using it Uh, i'm not talking about what the law actually provides for. And what the law, the Tobacco Control Act, does talk about, you can't sell to, to kids. You can't have a vending machines. And, and I went through what the law specifically says. But an appearance of a label is not going to be how the industry is challenged. Uh, the challenges for the industry are going to be the regulations and the regulations relate to toxicology and they relate to evidence that tobacco is a more harmful product and that vapor products are significantly safer than tobacco products and fortunately that's going to be an easy bar to get over you are going to be able to show that it's safer. What we don't know is how many I's and T's and studies and things need to be dotted. There's some people that have gone around and said that it's gonna cost $2 million for each SKU to, to get your product approved from the FDA. That is a problem. There, there's uh, other people that say it's gonna be $40 million each. That's crazy, it's also a problem. And so getting those things through. Also getting things through the TPD. I haven't followed the TPD as much as I should have. Uh, Being based in California, it's not something I've thought about as much. It's something I'm I'm spinning up on right now. So is there a potential solution for that? I'm not sure yet, but I am investigating it. So that's the the first item, uh, I think. What else do I want to say? My competitor should be out of business for the sake of advocacy is how I listed it. Let me say it this way. There are going to be new entrants to this market that are going to be funded and are going to be using all of the traditional techniques of marketing, uh, viral marketing, uh, and other things that have that are not currently participants in the e-liquid industry today. Uh, they're going to come and they're going to come well-funded. Uh, it's a matter of time, and it's also going to be a matter of success because I think that right now one of the benefits to... The community, and and I think it's real when I'm talking about this part, is that you can't just interject yourself uh, with paying a ton of cash and and becoming uh, a vendor of consequence. You really have to have paid some amount of dues. Um, so, and and there's some good things about uh, the distribution channel that uh, that vapors have that so far uh, people like Altria and other people haven't been able to crack, uh, and they have the convenience store chains, and so things go, you know, I I don't want to try and uh, problem-shoot that right now. Uh, But you can't say that these other competitors are bad because of what you think is a problem with their label, and that's the same thing with IP infringement and and stuff. So uh, let me see if there's anything else I want to say uh, on this. Well, we'll probably come back around to it. The The next thing uh, I say, uh, my grievance is a community of righteous lemons are still lemmings. And that's what I consider a lot of the people that are the echo chamber of Dimitri is that they, that Dimitri has some just pure out wrong ideas and he perpetuates them and just spews them out. And the problem is, it's not just that his audience says that, but other people say that. And so... When he's complaining about uh, the marketing to kids uh, on the labels, he is going around saying that the law is is pointed at that, and there's a definition of what is on a label, and his what he's going around. St- you know, touting is that there is a definition of a label, which is primarily appealing to kids. And that if your label fits into that category, the tobacco act will ban it. That's what he's saying. That's what he's wrong about. And what happens is that, you know, he is the pied piper of lemon tree because other people will start to regurgitate that and spit it out. And you'll see it all over Facebook so you have all you know groups popping up say oh look we have to fix this stuff because we believe under their their view of reality that that label is a problem uh, to a child that that's their perception that's their conclusion and so that gets all whipped into a frenzy so people are now looking at other people's um, you know labels and then they're they're putting it up on Facebook and they're they're talking about these labels as if this somehow enables the fda to do something else or it enables other people uh to characterize vaping in another way in 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 negative ways uh does it enable people to uh you know engender vaping with negative connotations yeah it might but the problem is there's nothing you can do about it. There, There's nothing, there is always going to be somebody out there that is going to be doing something you don't like. Going back to the, you know, the Open Raider Stadium analogy, there's going to be people in that, there's going to be some drunk hooligans in that crowd. And Basically, they're drunk. They're going to do dumb things. And I, you can either run around and report them to the, the security guards and think that you're going to get satisfaction that way, or you can just keep on doing and run your own course and do your own thing and go back to your seat and watch the game, do what you came there to do. So what Dimitri is, is is leading a pack of followers and and they're lemmings because they're they're just following blindly, and he's leading them to a cliff. And he's doing this under a whole bunch of different banners. Uh, he's doing it under under the uh, Smoke Free Associations. He's doing it under Vista. He's doing it under Sevia, which is a Chinese manufacturing group. He's doing it under the TSFA. He's doing it under, under Mountain no Oak Vapors. And he's and he's just a pied piper of of idiotic premises and and trying to get and so the problem is that he's wrong and he hasn't bothered to investigate everything and then he just he's just wrong and he's getting a whole bunch of people to run towards the same cliff now whether he genuinely thinks that what he's saying is wrong I don't know but all I know is that he's getting people to run and fight and do all this stuff and it's not going to help them in the end. Now maybe it's because Dimitri is a white labeler for what he is saying is two hundred and fifty million dollars worth of end user product with all the companies that are manufactured through Mountain Oak Vapors. Maybe he wants to get more people to be, you know, manufactured under Mountain Oak Vapors. And a one way, you know, using a conspiracy theory is to do that is if you lead a whole bunch of lemons to a cliff and they can either one, uh jump off the cliff and be gone, uh, market consolidation, or two, to have them go into your plant and be manufactured under you. You know, it's the poor little animals left with one of two decisions, possibly, maybe, of course, more, but that would be a conspiracy theory. Now, I don't know what he's trying to do. I can speculate about it, but I can say that you you know you can't you should not have people being led with the wrong information because at the end of the day it's not going to be the label it's not going to be whether somebody perceives that label to have a meaning to a certain age group or not it's going to be what you have to do to get past the TBD and what you have to do to get past the FDA now when the regulations hit which I'm I think people think uh, are going to be coming soon And I think they're going to be coming soon. Uh, And, well, you know, I also thought they were going to be coming soon a long time ago. But if they do come with, say, the next month, that's going to start a whole bunch of clocks. The first clocks are going to expire after about six months. So if you don't do certain things, the FDA will be empowered to say that your products are on the shelves. Uh, I think it'll be the technical term is they'll be adulterated and they'll have the right to remove them. And as I said in a, in a different post that I'm not sure if I've talked about on the show, is that I've read the 2017 budget for the CTP, the Center for Tobacco Products, and they go over what they did last year. What they did in 2015 or 2016, whatever the fiscal year is that they're using, in the previous year, they did 163,000 inspections of tobacco retailers. 163,000 they gave out something like 3,000 fines. Now, to do a fine, you have to give a warning first. So if you figure that the, there was 3,000 fines, that means they, they were handing out a lot of warnings. So you can, you, know, you can guesstimate how many actual warnings went out. You can say it was three times, say five times. Let's go aggressive and say five times. So there was 15,000 warnings that went out. Out of hundred sixty-three thousand retail inspections, so if you think that the FDA doesn't have the horsepower to inspect every single vape shop after six months, you're 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 wrong. They they can, and they're not going to be going and looking to see if a label uh, says that you know if if a la- well the. <laughs> they will look to see if it's going to have a childproof cap they will look to see if it has uh in california proposition 65 warning they will look for the mandatory nicotine disclosure and and there's a sentence the sentence i believe says uh, warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco and as addictive i think that's the there's there's a specific sentence that must be on your label and it's already defined uh, they will look, uh, if, if you have a website and phone numbers and some sort of, you know, those basic things. But they're not going to look at the image on the bottle and say, hmm, do I think that is artistic? Do I think that's nostalgic? Do I think that that uh, somebody might look at that and think one way or another? They're not going to do that. What they are going to look to see is that if you are registered with the FDA, and if you're not, they will have the opportunity, if they so choose, If they go this route, and I've looked at this and I don't see any reason why they can't do it, whether they're going to do it, I have no idea. But if they choose to use the options that they have, they can pull your product, they can seize your product out of your vape shop if it doesn't comply. And so when the FDA does the final rule, there is going to be real things that are happening. And you got Dimitri uh, with PowerPak Basardo, and they're pushing people and telling people to look at these other things. Meanwhile, as the final rule comes out, there are some serious consequences that can hit manufacturings and vape shops, and that's not what they're talking about. So, maybe they've got all their ducks in a row, and they've got it all figured out for the the $250 uh, million of retail sales that are all built out of mountain oak vapors maybe they got that all figured out but when you're using advocacy and you're over there in the UK saying well people ought to listen to us and you're pointing them as a group of lemmings off a cliff I consider this my grievance this is my grievance and I'm I'm lodging this and this is Festivus for the rest of us so uh, that's that's that and this is the Festivus episode we will be airing grievances. All grievances are welcome. Happy Festivus. All right, so going back uh, to my list of grievances. Number three, marketing to vapors. There are people, I've heard uh, Dimitri, JT, uh, Nor from the Vaping Militia, and other people are asserting that there is something wrong with vape shops marketing to vapors. And For the life of me, I can't absolutely figure out why on earth suddenly marketing to vapors is an issue. How on earth can it be? Why would it be? The theory seems to be that if you're a vape shop and that you are uh, in business and you're in town... If, uh, if you're in, in Sleepy Willow uh, and you've got yourself a vape shop and you've opened up your business and you're selling to customers and you find that the people that you're selling to are vapors, that they're coming in with uh, nautilus mini tanks, they're coming in with tanks, they're coming in with, with advanced gear, they're coming in with... Uh, with Sigeli products, they're coming in with Yeehi uh, SX360s uh, and SX Mini, they're coming in with DNA200s, DNA40s, and uh, VaporShark parts, they're coming in with, with equipment uh, and they are buying from you different types of e liquids and other things that you have on the shelf. Uh, and you find that you are catering to this group because. There's not a lot of other people coming in. So, you design and, and schedule the inventory that you're going to bring into your shop as being stuff that is for vapors. Now, maybe you've got a, a simple tank out there. you got a simple, basic, maybe an eye stick, maybe an early version of a vapor shark, which are pretty cheap now. May, maybe you've got some other types of regulated devices that you want to use that you want to recommend rather to an early vapor. If I was a shop, what I would do is I would have a Nautilus Mini, and I'd probably have a very small battery, like an iStick, uh, maybe an iStick Mini, an, an iStick Mini, which is smaller than a normal iStick, and a, a Nautilus Mini tank. That would that that'd be very short, and that would be able to fit in somebody's hand very easily, and it'd be very good for a new vapor. Actually, if I was to to if I had a shop and I had Perspective com- customers coming in, I would I would have an MVB two in there, a MVB two with its lipo sealed batteries in there, and I, I've I've got a review. Somebody else did uh, a Billy Goat uh, from uh, from the hills, uh, some Southern hills, where he has done everything possible to destroy an MVP2. He ran it over with his BMW. He shot it with an arrow. He uh, he used a machete against it. Uh, he threw it out of a two-story house, and he did absolutely everything to destroy it. And at the end of his test, and the test was uh, said, is the MVP2 indestructible? It was. It, he could not. Well, at the end, he actually lopped off the button to it, but he took his finger and pushed it through the hole against the little, uh, the little uh, switch um, without the button on it, and. Uh, it still worked. It, it vaped all the time. So if I was a store, I'd have an MV2. Uh, I would I would contract with, if, if for some reason, Incotin was not going to have them anymore, I would get them again. Uh, I think there's an MVP 2 special edition out there or something like that. But I would get the original and I would give them that and I would say, uh, use a Nautilus Mini on it and there's your starter kit. That would be my kit for the prospective new, just getting off cigarettes perspective vapor, and then I would be, perhaps all my other business is going to be what we consider vapors. Now, why on earth are there people uh, suggesting that marketing to vapors is a, suddenly a negative. Why expanding your, if you're an e liquid uh, company and you're, you are, have a product that you're selling to vapors and there's, you have your competitors, you should be trying to have a better product than your competitors on an even flip playing field. You know, you don't want to screw around, fuck around with your competitors like we were just talking about, but you do want to try and expand your share of the business to the the active base of users which is vapors people that are coming into your shop now the theory by Dimitri is that you really this is this is somehow bad form it's it's taking the industry away from its core mission of tobacco harm reduction and I just absolutely do not get it, it it's it I don't get it, it it's 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 asinine stupidity on the part of Dimitri to say that business in businesses in the vape world should not be catering to vapors. Now whether if, if there's people that want to come in and, and use new products, well I think they should have products for starter people. But if you're a shop, people that are starting you know, there's a, a certain amount of people that start and there's there's your, your ongoing business. Your bread and butter is going to be people that are already established into vaping. So do you want to give them unregulated devices and give them hybrids? No, you don't want it to cater to that end of the market. But if somebody wants to use a dripper on top of a, of a regulated device, uh, maybe you want to build their coils. Maybe you want to, you know, you should, you should sell to your customers. And this is one of the reasons why when people are saying that, uh, cotton candy on the shelves is too uh, is, is marketing to youth. Uh, it's so wrong because, uh, Vape shops are going to be naturally self correcting. They are going to figure out rather quickly what sells and what doesn't sell, and then they will rapidly uh, change their inventory to only the products that will sell. And if that means they're selling to vapors, they're selling to vapors. If that means they're s- selling to new smokers and that stuff's flying off the shelves, and they're, they're somehow they have a location which it, you're going to get traffic from, from new smokers, uh, from ex-smokers or people that are currently smoking. Maybe if you had a shop inside of an airport, uh, you'd be able to uh, get people that are, you know, stuck waiting at, in their uh, in their layovers and they might want to try uh, try a new product. It'd be a great location uh, where people are, are canned that they, you know, they can't smoke. It'd be a good location for a vape shop. But marketing to vapors is okay and if if companies are designing products for vapors it's okay just completely cross off of your idea of what the industry is doing wrong as far as as far as marketing to vapors and catering to vapors um and if, if products like Ingotin, Aspire, uh, uh, you know, uh, Evolve, uh, or whoever is going to make products that are more appealing uh, to a prospective new smoker, th- that will be something that vape shops will have the option of carrying. But right now, uh, some of the best products that I've seen for brand new smokers um, would actually come from Enjoy. Um, and I believe that there's a Logic version of this too, which is a... Ce4 sealed Ce4 uh, that goes on to an ego threading that is pre-filled with about 10 mils of juice, maybe five mils of juice, and it's already sealed. Um, and so you don't have to worry about you know replacing your wick. You don't have to be worried about spilling. You twist it on your ego, you vape it, and uh, you know you're done. You you know when when, it, when it's empty, you throw it away, and it's done. And it's all liquid. It's it's a Ce4 a sealed Ce4. Um, That's a great solution for a new person. In fact, I've got a kit similar to that. Uh, Actually, I have some of those uh, enjoy parts uh, that I'm going to be giving to somebody as a way of getting them to go over. Now, if you want to cater uh, to smokers, if you want to market to smokers, you're going to have to go and sell Sigalikes and Egos. And... I think you're really going to have to sell ego. Uh, sorry, sigalikes, because you need the form factor. You need the the switch that is an automated switch to sell to a smoker. You need to start them off with a with a sigalike. And there's a lot of the old guard of vaping that is very familiar with the cigalikes that they used when they were starting. But they're not familiar with the new ones. For example, if I go over to the V2 site, uh, I can still get you know small, tiny clearomizers that fit on the end of an 808 threading. And um, I believe Kanger calls these E Smarts. You can go off to uh, sites like uh, uh, what's the one that I'm thinking of, uh, Vape Mall or. Uh, there's one that uh, there's there's a site that sells a lot of this stuff um, I'm, I'm not I'm not thinking of it right now but you can still get those that'll fit on the ce4 I think uh, smokeless image uh, has these um, and uh their vapor Kings I think they also have these um, and so you can get people on an all-liquid that that is not going to drip, um, or you can get them onto an ego, a small ego which is the size of a sharpie, and that is I consider egos cigalikes when when we're talking about a pure ego, uh, just a very small ego and a 400 mAh battery or whatever we're going to call it. So my grievance is just forget this. You know, pitting one side against the other as far as marketing vapors, it doesn't help. Um, next, next grievance is the whole thing with marketing to kids. Uh, people are still saying it, you know, and and you've got uh, Phil Bersardo and you've got Dimitri, and they're going over to the UK, the UK vape jam, and they're complaining about these these different things which could be perceived as marketing to kids. It's just not happening, and it's. The perception is coming from the leader of the Lemmings, which is Dimitri. And, and he's trying to make it out that this is going to be something that's a big deal. It's just not. So, uh, and then, you know, all I've got these three things, marketing to vapors, kids, and smokers, and they're all tied together. Again, if you want to market to smokers, uh, if, if you want to cater to smokers, I think you would be best served by using a product called the Jewel. And, and seeing if that would be a good way to get people going over. There's a lot of vapor vapors uh, that are uh, using the Joule when they're traveling and stuff. It's a very small form factor. It has an auto trigger on it. It, it. In other words, when you draw in on the end, it it ignites the switch, and the switch then heats the fluid. Um, there's no combustion, but it, the trigger... Um, is not a button Uh, it does it automatically based off of the draw that's an excellent product if you want to convert a smoker Um, and and the good thing is that uh, my understanding is that the jewel is flying off the shelves and a lot of vapor shops are uh, are starting to carry it so if again if i if i was a vapor shop i would have a mvp2 and an ego uh, sorry a uh, a uh, nautilus mini Uh, because it's a consistent tank and it works and it it's a very consistent tank and i would have that and i would have a uh a jewel i'd have a set of jewels in the in the uh thing and if somebody came in uh i'd be inclined uh if they're turning on the door and they're turned off by all of that glitz and glamour of the mods and tanks and all the other things that you got in there and all those bottles I would be saying before you leave, why don't you try? You know, I've got this, uh, why don't you try uh, this jewel here and see how it works? And then give them a fair warning that it's going to be, uh, they're going to have to toke on that thing probably a good 10, 15, 20 times before they get a sense of how it's going to work. It can't be just a single draw. And that's how I would do it if I was a shop uh, and I wanted to cater to both vapors and smokers. But when there's, there's the whole premise of tobacco harm reduction as if, if this is the only thing that is keeping the industry going. When uh, uh, Demi- Phil's bersardo's letter as far as uh, what the industry is all about, it's all about um, getting people off smoking. Yes, that is true in part. And because that's how people begin their journey into vaping, they they quit smoking, uh, or or they start trying a vapor product, and then they transition down. If you think that vaping works very quickly, uh, that that process happens in in several weeks or less. Uh, if you think that dual usage is uh, a very uh, a longer process, maybe it takes them. Uh, an entire six months before, as they dual use and go all the way down, and then eventually give up cigarettes. At the end of whatever that ramp down of analog smoking is going to be, you're left with a vapor. You're left with a person that wants to vape. And if you're a store, that's your customer. If you're a business, uh, that's your business. And there are more people that are vaping, vaping uh, in in the vapor segment. Uh, that have, have quit uh, cigarettes altogether. So yes, you know, you want to have a path for new people to, to get off cigarettes, and that's going to be uh, cigalikes and egos, and perhaps a, a, a very basic tank, uh, like a K1 out of Aspire or a uh, a, uh, a Nautilus Mini out of Aspire. I think that, that Aspire kind of... Uh, has been ahead of the game um, and and the leader of the pack as far as these uh, grab-and-go products that have very good performance. Uh, The the BVC started it all. Uh, The giant BVC was the Atlantis coil, and then uh, all tanks right now are based off of enhanced Nautilus, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Atlantis uh, coils. Uh, There's nothing been that dramatic in the last year. All right, so that's those set of grievances at this point. One of the things uh, that I wanted to talk about is what's going on with Indiana. I wanted to give an Indiana update. So, uh, now begins the Indiana update. Indiana on Monday the 18th is going to have a hearing in front of a judge in a court, a state court, uh, for the lawsuit that was instigated by Evan and all of the people in Hoosier Vapors, um. Hoosier Vapors is a large organization that has been getting, given short shrift as far as their amount of people that are involved with it. The best information that I have is approximately half of all of the industry inside of Indiana, the vape shops, is in the loop with Evan and Hoosier Vapors. If you want to talk about the donating people uh, the people that are funding Hoosier vapors it's gonna be about ten percent or about twenty percent of that hundred uh for the for the entire state. The state supposedly has about two hundred about half of them are participating with Hoosier vapors and then uh about uh twenty of them are actually funding Hoosier vapors now Hoosier vapors are the people that uh they they represented the uh in front of the the city councils they were on television with these guys and they were uh with the with the lawmakers um and then after afterwards um they instigated a state lawsuit they're going to have a hearing on the 18th there's another hearing on the 20th and that's for the federal case it's my belief and we'll find out after all is said and done, it's my belief that the state case has a higher chance of getting a temporary injunction than the federal. And you know, frankly, it's a coin flip. I've talked to uh, Greg Troutman, who is uh, one of the main lawyers, along with Azim Shahandre, that is doing the federal case. There's a lot of belief that the federal has a better case. So. And so they don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows nobody at all knows but it's my belief that the state has a better chance and that's just because they're they're closer to the ground the federal is a a large case and and so we'll see what happens so that's a big date is on the 18th and then there'll be another one on the 20th what is absolutely unclear is when the judges will will make their determination and either grant or decline on these temporary injunctions one of the things is there's a right-to-be-smoke-free coalition that uh, is the other half of the federal lawsuit. So it's uh, it's uh, Troy LeBlanc and uh, Greg Troutman as his lawyer, and it's then uh, the right-to-be-smoke-free coalition, which Hoosier Vapors is part of, and a whole list of companies um, that are working with Azeem. What I like to do is uh, I believe that there's a general lack of recognition of of who is funding advocacy. So I want to go through uh, these companies again, who the right to be smoke-free, which is funding one half of the federal lawsuit in Indiana, is comprised of Cosmic Fog. It's comprised of Vapor Shark, Mount Baker Vapor, Buckshot Vapor, Marina Vape, Niquid, Indigo Vapor, Hoosier Vapors, Ruthless, Kilo, Vapor Bar, Mountain Oak Vapors, Mid City Vapors, Signot, Lunar Rover, Fat Cat uh, Vapors, and Five Ons. So those are the people that are funding that. Um, and I, I presume that they all have business inside of the state, uh, but some may not. I, I don't know. Uh, but people, I appreciate what they're doing. And uh, if you can use those companies and that makes sense for you, I suggest that you go ahead and do it. So going back to the point I was trying to make is that there are these two lawsuits and these are the, the time frames coming up there's a group out there and I've been I'm, and this is not going to end with this show but I've been doing an ongoing post-mortem of Indiana um, and a postmortem mortem uh, basically in the manufacturing industry is when you have a problem uh, that goes, that happens, that occurs, you you can either stop the line or there's any number of things you do but afterwards you need to go through a corrective action process to figure out exactly what happened, what went wrong, and then institute new policies to fix it. So, uh, I was highly critical and remain critical of some of the things that evan did back in the time and, and most of it related to the the pbs uh, which i thought he could have been harder at the politicians in a fair postmortem, uh, and i do always try and be fair i have to look at what mistakes i've been making um and here are the mistakes that i've been making with in regards to indiana i thought that more pressure if it was applied to senator yoder would have been fruitful on that show. And and while I still believe that, that it would have been better, uh, it's I believe it's a live and learn type situation. Uh, I understand what Evan's strategy was, which was to um, basically work with them and, and then try to get things done. My approach would have been more aggressive. And then some other people have different ways of, of you know, I mean, I, when I had Greg Troutman on, he said that his approach would have been different as well. He didn't elucidate what all the things that he would have done differently was. But he did... Uh, Greg said of of how Evan was approaching it, uh, regardless of whether Greg himself would have done things differently, he did believe... Uh, and this again, Greg Trotwin is the lawyer for the federal side, said that he didn't think that anything was going to stop this steam, you know, this this ball from rolling down the hill. It was, it was going to happen. And then so I let me look back and, and say what I was thinking is, is hammer harder in that PBS interview. And that would be to apply pressure uh, to Senator Yoder, who is the Republican that was marching this thing forward. As it turns out, Yoder is not running for office now i mean he's done he's about to leave office so it's a mistake on my part to think that it would have worked that it that what i think would have been helpful back then that it would have had actual consequential benefit because yoder is not running he you know maybe he's getting paid off who knows what his story is i don't know nobody knows but the the he, if a politician that's not running for office again is is much less susceptible to public pressure aired on PBS, which was what I was thinking, so that was my error, um, and and then I also take uh, the feedback well from uh, Greg Troutman that that no, maybe nothing could have happened. So um, it was critical, and I don't disagree with what I was saying, but I think that the effectiveness of what i was saying in the grander mix uh, when we look at it after the fact uh, it just might not have made a difference so i accept that and so some other things that are that are that were going on if, if we look at what what mistakes that i made um in january of 2015 is when i first got wind of that this was happening and uh i was uh asked by Dimitri to go ahead and put t- uh, a lot of time into researching this stuff. I just heard his latest broadcast, and you know, if he did some research too, fine. Uh, but, but I spent a lot of time on it, and then I delivered it to him. What I found out was that that research was shared by Dimitri with my headers peeled off to some people. And I found out about that like a long time ago, uh, back in 2015, and I my more or less said, well, that's great. I, you know, uh, it would be nice if I would have gotten some of the credit for it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's information I wanted to do, I wanted to try and help, and I wanted it to get out there. What I found out is that my assumption that Dimitri spread that information wide and far was incorrect. The, the lawyers involved with these cases didn't have access to it um and when i've sent it to them a year after the fact they said "Ah, this this has a few tidbits in here and i'm all it's it's a year later it still is useful and it, it was a little bit useful so it was my mistake to to hand it to dimitri here think that he's going to run with it and And he ran with it in part. So I don't know if he wanted to, you know, this whole competition advocacy, which is something that he started, if this was, you know, part of his competition, that he was an only dole this information out to who he wanted to do it. I I don't know. Uh, But uh, I should have, I should have saw fit to get that information out wider. And I knew that, I think I knew at that point that Evan was around and I, I, and I'd have to talk with him again, but I don't think that Evan even got it. So it was sat on. So it was my mistake to generate the information and not make sure it got into the hands. So if you look at, again, a post-mortem, what I should have done is made sure that whatever I thought was useful was widely disseminated and not trust that the people that I gave it to uh, would send it out to all the, the right parties. Um, and so you know after that you know i was still talking uh to dimitri at the time and when i said hey you know what else can i do and his attitude was you know evan didn't listen to me and uh so he was done with it he washed his he was telling me he washed his hands of all that um and so i mean uh does it sound like i'm bitching at dimitri yeah well you know uh lead by example i guess is what i have to say to it um and uh, so, what other problems that are going on with Indiana? I did not know that uh, there were there was people like Amy Brewster Lane that was doing and having an active role in and how Evan was getting his feedback. And so one of the things if you, if you listen to my show and maybe I'm the only person that was keeping track is that I read a, a letter off uh, where, uh, Evan was very pissed off at, at people telling him what to do, and uh, this is back in January of this year, and he was basically saying, uh, it was just the whole baby walking around the street, and I said in that, I said, this letter was not to me, but I thought that it was significant because he was treating somebody else like that. As I learned through what I'm calling my post-mortem exercise, what was going on, is that Evan has had a tremendous amount of pushback from from Amy Brewster Lane and uh, some other folks over there that uh, are, are uh, boat anchoring Evan. Um, and so I'm not saying Evan's done everything the right way. And no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that there was things that Evan was trying to do that he hasn't been able to do because of people like Amy and, and this new organization called Not Vaping Sheep, uh, which to me, um, you know, my last name is Wolf. And so Not Vaping Sheep is a weird name as as it is. And uh, but what what I found out is that I listened to Amy uh, when she went on with Dimitri and And to try and make the show shorter, I've decided not to play anybody else's clips on this show. I will go back to it, but not this show. Uh, And what Amy said on Dimitri's show laid me back a little bit. Because when she was talking about Evan, she was talking about him as them. As them. And that, when I heard her talking about them as them and not us, I realized that there was stuff going on there there was that she and her group not vaping sheep are holding back and and not joining in with Hoosier Vapors and as as people have probably heard my mantra this year is that we need to rally to one and uh as far as national and state organizations it should be safada and that's because safada has the track record and safada has a state model where people can do what they want to do uh so Straight out, I asked Evan, you know, he came on the show for a two-hour interview. I said, you know, Evan, uh, would you be interested in doing uh, a safata chapter? I would like to, you know, see if I can help facilitate that. And this was after the interview I did with him. And, you know, he, he then explained how he has been boat anchored. And he said to me straight out, he said, you know, I had the plans of doing that. And I got so much pushback that I just stopped doing it because I had to do thing I'm paraphrasing, please, I am paraphrasing, but but he's saying that I had to put it into mothballs because there's these other things like getting the lawyer, doing all these things, uh, you know, filing the lawsuit, making sure he has funding for the lawyer. He said that, you know I had he had to focus on those things, and he couldn't look at these other things. Meanwhile, Right about that same time, I think it was back in, uh, before the lawsuit was generated, Amy creates this hashtag competition advocacy group uh, called uh, Not Vaping Sheep. And so why, and I don't have all the answers, but why is Amy Brewster Lane not joining in with Evan and the Hoosier Vapers? Because just why not? He's got evan has got about 100 participating and i'll define participating vapors that are part of hoosier vapors and those are people that check in with him ask for statuses they are doing they're every bit as formal as an organization with those 100 except 80 of them are not paying cash and are just you know they're uh if if you're using a uh a torrent example there's cedars and then there's leechers, and uh that's just the, don't want to use the term but that is what the technical term is for torrents uh so uh on a torrent app like uTorrent uh, u-torrent or something like that lurchers or leechers, but it, it, they're they're an important amount of people so going back let me see. I'm going to take a pause here because I need to, to regain this. Hold on a second. So Not Vaping Sheep was created as a SFA organization or maybe its own 5013C, some sort of other other organization. And they were not joining in with Hoosier Vapers. And they were just dragging their feet. And so they're from the state. They have a perfect right to, to speak up and everything. But they were calling Evan uh, stuff like uh, they're drinking the Evanade. Um, they they were telling him that that he should not file a lawsuit. They were they were saying that the only lawsuit that should be filed is the federal lawsuit. However, they they weren't supporting the original one. They're only supporting the lawsuit as it came to be known from the Right to Be Smoke Free Coalition. So. The, the federal lawsuit was filed back, I believe, in April of 2015. and it wasn't until far later that Azim Shahandre and uh, Keller Heckman joined in on it. Now that's not it's not it's no slight on on uh, Keller Heckman and and right to be smoke free. It's just that not vaping sheep and Amy were telling Hoosier vapors that Evan is doing the wrong thing and and not going about it the right way. And that, that in fact, he was saying that, as she was saying, uh, that uh, this federal, uh, the, the state lawsuit was not very useful. And you know, I when when I did the show, uh, the interview with Evan, I asked him some very specific questions. Um, like one of the questions I asked was how much was spent on the lobbyists. I had spoken with uh, the people at Not Vaping Sheep, uh, and they had said that. That you know, Evan is mishandling uh, this money. He's he's thrown off uh, forty thousand dollars to a lobbyist, and uh, if it was a thirty-four thousand dollars to a lobbyist, and then uh, Amy is telling me then, well, oh, actually, it is forty thousand, and they're just they're just wasting all this money off. Um, you know, Hoosier Vapors is, is poorly spending money. Well when evan came on i asked him that question and and i asked you know how much was that and he said "Eh, in the in the range of about you know twelve thousand twelve thousand five hundred somewhere somewhere in the twelve to thirteen thousand dollar area so why the hell when when amy goes on to uh dimitri's show and and is saying that uh you know she's referring to hoosier vapors as them rather than us why is she focusing in on twelve thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars of what the, the paying members of Hoosier Vapers are doing as negatives. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is. And um, I, I don't think that not vaping sheep should be out there uh, trying to do things with other states when they're not doing it within their own state, uh, and, unless they want to be some sort of other organization. So I, I just don't get that. And I don't appreciate being you know, misinformed uh, by Amy of, of what's happening. And, and it, you know, if she was just simply wrong or whatnot, uh, that's fine. But, you know, why is this other organization springing out of Indiana when they're not focusing on Indiana? And I just don't get it. And, and why is Amy saying that uh, Here, here's one thing that she said on Dimitri's show. Uh, she said that people, she was trying to find out who the lawyer was so the money can be sent directly to the lawyer for the the state case. Now, when I heard that, you know, alarm bells went off in my head because why is she trying to get money to go straight to the lawyer? You know, does she not believe that Hoosier Vapors is a valid organization? Why is she you know, and and not Vaping Sheep uh, intersecting in In what is the Hoosier Vapor's structure? Why is she doing that? Because if I am running an organization and I'm paying a lawyer, I have to decide how I want to pay my lawyer. Maybe I want to pay. Maybe I want to be a a deadbeat and I only have X amount of resources, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pay. uh, I'm gonna fund the things that I need to do, and I'm gonna tell the lawyer uh you're going to get it in 90 days you're going to get it in 120 days and maybe maybe my lawyer is going to be slightly pissed off at me because i'm not paying the lawyer as fast as the lawyer wants to be paid but that's my right as the organization that's hired him and the lawyer has a duty to his fiduciary and and, and once he's a, a, once he's signed on the court the, the court will hold that lawyer as a fiduciary, and they cannot just dump off the case because they haven't been paid in the timeliness that they want to be paid. This is just something that you know it, that, that something's, uh, something something done. So why is she, you know, Amy Brewster Lane, out of not vaping sheep, going on Dimitri's show and saying that people should direct their funds away from Hoosier Vapers and to uh, the lawyer directly? Why? I don't understand and I don't think it should be done because that's removing the ability of Evan and that group from taking on assistance and, and, and directing it as they best can do, you, you know, using productivity. You know, it, it, maybe the, the best productivity that they can get of those dollars is not something that the, it goes directly to the lawyer right then. Maybe it's to to make a whole bunch of signs. Maybe they, they have a cash shortfall. whatever it is, I don't like that. I don't like that somebody else is, is saw fit to to do that. And so after I did my show uh, with, uh, with, with on Indiana, a couple of, i done four shows. This will be the fifth where I'm talking about Indiana. Uh, you know, Amy reached out to me and, and I talked to her for a good long chunk of time. Uh, and I wanted to see if I could get people together and, and for them to talk about this stuff. So, you know, I used... Uh, I called up various people on, on, on a Saturday. And I don't like to do that. I don't like to do that if I can avoid it. Uh, and so I tried to organize various meetings. And I thought that Amy was going to be interested. Well, uh, as as it turns out, you know, when I was able to get... the the remnants of a face-to-face going with with people um Amy just said to me why would I want to get together it's in nobody's best interest so it just blows me away I don't understand why that happened why why did you know why did I spend my Saturday listening to this stuff and and you know I'm I'm already concerned about Indiana uh and and I you know, I don't need to be told that, uh, everybody's drinking the Evan aid. Uh, I don't need to be told that. Um, I just don't. But if, if I, if I am told that, and I think that there is a miscommunication problem, then I want to try and help. And so I've said before in my life, there are two types of problems in this world. Only two, one mechanical breakdowns two, communication issues failed communications and you know you can argue that failed communications causes mechanical breakdowns because the the repair crews for the airplanes or whatever they don't do what they need to do to keep the machinery running but but things break machines break and then people don't talk and people you know so why when i'm trying to organize something to to bridge the gap does Amy say, eh, we, we, we don't need to do that. There's no reason to do that. There's no reason to get, to get together. And then Evan on the other side, who's been, you know, I guess I feel a little bit guilty because I, I was very critical, critical at times. So that that if, why when I'm already hammering on Evan and then I'm, you know, why does he say, yeah, I'll get together, I'll meet. But this other Uh, organization uh, which I believe was started by Sean Anderson and uh, by uh, Amy Brewster Lane Uh, why they are filing for a 5013C they are not talking to Evan they are not going to the there was an all hands meeting anybody in the state of Indiana was well informed that Hoosier Vapors was having an open cattle call to anybody that's concerned about uh, things going on in Indiana concerning the lawsuit that goes into court this happened last Sunday she doesn't attend Sean Anderson used to be on the board he doesn't attend um, and then I asked her you know thinking that of course she has to attend what's going on and uh, she says, oh, well, you know, she, she somehow thinks that I'm talking to her about Oklahoma and whatever sort of uh, stunt or performance or whoever she, whatever she was doing over in Oklahoma, what, that she thought I was talking about that. Of course, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what's going on in Indiana. There is the, there's one organization in Indiana right now that has any type of membership, which is Hoosier Vapers, And there's another one out there called Not Vaping Sheep. And then she's i don't know what she's doing but she's she's dragging at uh Hoosier vapors and so it's a problem and so when i'm saying that there should be one organization it's because of things like this you can't have if you split all of your energy into so many different directions you're left with a whole bunch of diluted efforts and indiana's not that big of a state geographically i think you know, it's just not that big. I'm, I'm from California. So if I go from Northern California to Southern California, for me to get to San Diego, it's eight hours just to get down from middle of the state to all the way at the bottom. I don't think it's going to take you eight hours from side to side of Indiana. It's not that big of a state. And evan got got 100 Vapors that are participating with them, And now there's this new organization which is filing for, you know, to be an SFA of some sort. It's just you're diluting, you're diluting, you're diluting, and then you're ending up with just a bunch of organizations that are just repeating the same thing. So, um, Amy is now uh, going to be part of the Dimitri Smoke Free Radio Network, where she is going to be espousing... I don't know what she's going to be espousing. I guess she's going to be taking her key learnings and spreading them around the spreading them around the globe uh, for whatever reason. But um, I just don't think that Amy and not vaping sheep should be tanking Evan when Evan has a lawsuit. And then there's other people who uh, Greg Troutman is representing um, that have interest in that state too. And that there's, when she went on with Dimitri, she's saying how everybody inside the state should be supporting the federal case. Don't support the in-state case. Um, it's gamesmanship and I think it's fucked up. And so I am grieved at Amy Brewster Lane and not Vaping Sheep for recreating something that's already being done and diluting the effort and for all I can tell misdirecting and just being a boat anchor to what Evan is trying to do. All right so that was that grievance. Going back to uh, my list here is they're really a problem featuring the usual subjects blowing clouds and then this is a, a play off of what phil bersardo said is that somehow uh the the industry of us we vapors has a major problem going on with People looking down at little old ladies with their with their cigalikes and saying, "Oh, you vape on that?" Ha ha ha! As if this is some sort of real problem. It's not a real problem. It, it, it and it and so is blowing clouds. There's a theories that these cloud uh, people that there's roving bands of thug-based cloud blowers that are going around and and exhausting huge giant clouds in little kids' faces and just being. Uh, just terrible blowing clouds and just uh, going into a store and just just throwing clouds over there. Well, you know, some stuff happens and, and there are some jerks. Most of the people blowing clouds most of the people that uh, I see blowing clouds are often in cars. And uh, I do see people blowing, you know, ridiculous clouds in cars, uh, cars in traffic, stopped up in, in rush hour. I I've, I've see that. I know that there's sometimes when you're walking around where you see somebody vaping and they'll put out a little bit of cloud. But for the most part, people blowing big, gigantic clouds are on vape shows like... Uh, like uh, like all of the shows. I mean, any show that you see on uh, on YouTube, because of the lighting, it usually makes the cloud look more thicker uh, just because of the lighting. And uh, I, I don't think there's a gigantic problem. I think there are localized problems, and there's, you know, there's some jerks out there. But that's just... It's just kind of like, like the idiots doing wrong labels. If you think you can capture all of them and tell them what to do... Um, you're just wrong and so if what's happening in what is happening is that the actual community that people want to protect and I understand they're wanting to protect it are just screwing up the community because they're just saying well you're doing it wrong you shouldn't you shouldn't tell people to use the wrong gear you shouldn't have these labels you shouldn't have this you shouldn't do this and then it's this whole it's like, Every, it used to be that people were walking down the school hall and people, you know, there'd be things going on. But now, uh, you know, because of Dimitri and, and his herding of lemmings, we got a whole bunch of lemmings that have become the hall monitors for all of vaping. So you can't even walk down the hall without tons of people saying, you're doing it the wrong way. You should be doing it this way. You can't do that. This label's wrong. Uh, go and tell the, you know... Wh- go and call up the uh, the IP holder to tell them that this IP is bad and there's just everybody you know it's uh, there everybody wants to report people because of the theory that if we just report them if we just get rid of all these people all the things that we don't like the the people that that uh, upset Kayla the people that are blowing clouds if we just remove all of them then the uh, Mitch Zeller, uh, who dimitri calls a liar uh will will fulfill his promise that he told dimitri uh that uh that uh he will then be able to help everybody and then we shall be delivered self-regulation just i'm telling you it's if you think through the stuff that Dimitri's telling you, and then I'm, I'm not talking just to Dimitri, I'm talking about to all of you idiots that chirp and repeat and echo uh, this guy's stuff as if it's the fucking gospel. I'm talking to you. If you if you keep on doing this, what's going to happen is that the final rules will drop, the six-month clock hits, and then there's, there's just going to be panic in the streets. And it's not going to be from... Uh, there's not going it's not going to be from the labels it's going to be from the regulatory requirements it's going to be from the regulatory requirements and the regulatory requirements do not include a characterization of the content of a label and the artistic approach that is used and even if it were that the First Amendment is going to protect freedom of business speech so as all of you lemmings are herded towards the cliff if you rear up and back up and we all know Disney did herd them to the cliff if you all are herded to that cliff and then you're, you know hey guys, uh, come over to Mount No Vapors we'll white label for you I mean, that's the conspiracy theory if that's even if that's wrong the problem is that you know people should be preparing for what's going to happen and what's going to happen they need to get informed and they do not need to be treated like idiots. And it's only an idiot that is going to go up and get up in front of a large group of vapors in the UK at a random hour of the day, at a random time in the show, and think that they're going to be able to spit out the the virtues of the TPD and get everybody to listen, and it's all going to be all better. There's a good example is that Vape Blast, they're going to be releasing their videos. There's a good example of uh, some other stuff where if people want to deliver these messages at shows, fine, but it's awfully good and it's awfully better to record those and then those make those available. And so when Dimitri is all up in arms and then sending out the stuff and saying, everybody, you know, share in my frustration that we're not going to be able to save everybody's lives uh, because of these that bad labels. It, it's it's a parade of lemmings. All right, so next we're going to go into duplication of efforts. I am frustrated that there are so... I am begrieved. I am. I would like to large my Festivus grievance at the amount of duplicate efforts that are being started uh vta be your name uh you know the vapor technology association i'd like to bring these guys on and i, I would hope to talk to them I, i've read some of the stuff that they've put out uh but this week they're talking about uh there's battling Safana puts out information everybody then throws all around uh on the uh this is batteries in checked in checked in baggage. So they put that out on Friday. People ruminate and stir on it, and eventually, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, VTA puts out a message, and they put out another message the very next day with a correction. It basically says here that uh, however Senator Blumenthal's amendment banning e-cigarettes and carry-along is essentially dead unless the Senate can get consent both from both the Republicans and the Democrats to add it on. This is very unlikely. You read this, you think it's all done with. It's not all done with and the problem is that here's a good example if people would have said that after leno uh, was beaten back the first time in california that it's all done with it wasn't all done with and it's this is kind of the same thing i think what happened is that uh, blumenthal threw over his cards too quickly and he showed what what he has in his hand and, but it wasn't the right time to play the cards. It wasn't his turn yet. So now he's folding back over his cards, and he's waiting for the next game or the next, you know, to come around, and he's still going to play the same cards. So they're saying it's... it's and VTA says it's impossible, and then uh, you've got uh, Safada trying to clarify, and it, it does get complicated. So I'm not sure, you know, how this... the best way to d- disseminate this information out, because I think in some ways... 2020 hindsight, it would have been better for Safada to let this thing run a few days through and not have asked for any supporter and not have asked for anything and just handled it and then come up with it at the end. Because if it weren't for Safada, nobody would have even had a clue. So, in the confusion that occurred in the days that followed, 2020 hindsight would have said that Safada should have been more quiet. But the problem is, is that after they put it out there, which, you know, through no fault of their own, it then gets shared by multiple different things and entities all repeating multiple calls of action, and then you got a multiple uh, VTA that's putting out uh, things. So one people share the VTA thing, then the Safada update is, is contrasting that, and then people are like, why are you saying that VTA had misinformation? Well... Uh, then that's it's like a politically correct debate. I, I saw Kevin Skipper and I saw JT, who were both complaining that uh, somebody uh, that works for a uh, Florida manufacturing company had said that, uh, just wanted to let people know that there was some misinformation here. And they're up in arms saying, why are you saying VTA is misinformation? Well, you know, it was... Wrong information. So, when I think of the word misinformation, I think mistake, miss, miss, mistake. Mistaken information. That's what I see as misinformation. If you want to... They were thinking, oh, you're you're making it sound nefarious. Well, it's just misinformation is not necessarily active. It's just right or wrong, on or off. You know, it's math. And so, it was wrong. So, we've got multiple groups trying to do the same thing, and, and it's just... Um, it makes a lot of noise, a lot of noise in the industry. And, you know, there's an old saying, uh, a lot of data, not a lot of information. So, and again, maybe it's me. uh, Maybe I should just, you know, destroy my Facebook, but I'm I'm watching all this stuff come through Facebook and people, uh, some of whom I know are, are freaking out and trying to do things. And it's just, there's too many redundant things that are happening. So uh, do I have an answer for you today of of how to solve redundancy in advocacy and duplication of efforts? I don't have one, other than to say we should rally to one, decommission different groups, and and focus on what we need to focus on. So it's going to sound like I'm supporting Safada. It's it's you know if you if you weren't paying attention, you're going to think that I think that everybody should have a state Sephora chapter. And that they are going to be able to use it on the national level. And that if you have your own homegrown organization, like a Hoosier Vapors, for example, or something in Utah or something somewhere else, uh, that they should just take the Safada brand, lop it on them, join it, have their own structure because it's their own state organization, and then continue to work with the shared learning of what Safada has on the national level. And then when there's organizations uh, like Vista like the vaping militia, when, it, when I'm talking about not vaping sheep, that I'm, I'm saying that it's going to sound like I sh- I'm saying decommission the vaping militia, decommission Vista, decommission the SFAs from expanding any greater than they already are, uh, and uh, not vaping sheep, decommission it, fold that into Hoosier Vapors. It's going to sound like that to you. People are going to get confused thinking that that's what I'm saying, and that is only because that is what I am saying. That is what my belief is. We have redundant organizations that are siphoning money, and you've got to fight the war with the army that you've got. We've got a track record of safada. We've got Kassaw. We've got uh, not blowing smoke, and we've got uh, a very effective campaign as far as uh, the uh, no more casualties. And we got a couple other ones that maybe I'm forgetting. But we've got these other ones that are trying to be those. And I just don't think it's necessary. Now, if people are going to fund VTA, because what VTA is the Vapor Tobacco Association. And that is something that they're working with with tobacco people. uh, And that's their key difference. If you read their charter, one of what they're saying they're going to do is they're going to bring in tobacco companies. But the Vapor Technology Association needs to coordinate somehow with the existing community. And all I see them doing right now is jumping up and saying, me, 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 me." you know, uh, we did it. And they're not feathering in and working as an alliance with the existing things. We don't need more of the same. We don't need to underfund the things and split the resources. Dimitri, as an individual, I see him on his Facebook, and I believe he is an excellent father and an excellent friend to people. I disagree vehemently, adamantly, and sufficiently to say that he's fucking up the vaping industry with his businesses and his personal businesses and his personal business dealings. That's These are fine things for him. Dimitri's businesses are good for him. And there's nothing wrong with him doing them and him trying to compete and bash down any of the competitors that he's doing. It becomes a problem. And this is my problem with him. When he does it under the banner of advocacy and when he when he says, I'm here to help. I'm here to help all of you. And he's treating people like lemmings. And he's saying shit behind people's backs. And, and he doesn't want to uh, work with uh, the different shows He's, he's anti show uh, he has a, a, a Vista group uh, he's got uh, you know he, he flies up to uh, Massachusetts to uh, disrail a Safada group over there and put in one of his SFA organizations and he goes on to his podcast and he starts talking about how bad the Safada Uh, people were and then uh, you know he complains that Safada isn't sharing information with them in the old days Dimitri used to be a member of Safada he isn't anymore to the best of my knowledge and neither is the TSFA and so he has conflicts of interest so when it comes to using advocacy to bash down segments of the industry that he doesn't like it's not advocacy it's not it's using all of the tools That you have available to you as a competitor to push down your competition and that's okay you know you do it legally you do it ethically it's okay but it's not moral in my opinion for Dimitri to be using advocacy as a weapon against competitors and we can see it you know one one example is we'll just won't use your products anymore you know and uh, that's wrong if you want to say that their juice sucks and it tastes like piss, say that, but don't say that the that their labels are bad and it's going to affect everybody else. So everybody that's interested in advocacy is going to do something differently. So VTA needs to communicate with the existing structures on how they're gonna work with it because what we saw this week is because VTA is just starting off what we saw this week is that it was a clusterfuck that, that you know FADA puts out information then other people put it out and all this stuff is going on and if you're watching Facebook like an idiot you are and then and when I mean idiot you are I mean the idiot I was I'm watching all this stuff I'm watching people being confused uh, don't say it was misinformation when the information was wrong Don't say that it's misinformation when the information's wrong. The political correctness, I, I don't know, but that's... So, I am lodging my grievance with people that are duplicating advocacy efforts and using advocacy as a weapon against competitors. Next item, what would Phil do? I know what Phil is saying in his message about harm reduction, but at the same time, you're trying to make it like the only thing that vapers can do is try and save the life of a family member by getting them onto vaping. And if somebody is blowing a cloud, if somebody is, is doing whatever, if if somebody puts on a stupid label to market a package in a store that you'll never ever go into that that is going to harm the industry. If, if you think that if all these people going to shows often far and distant lands and in the United States, that if they are going to have, you know, a bad label uh, or, you know, uh, some, somebody named Spike Babian uh, has some labels out there uh, that are just absolutely pornographic. And uh, let me see if I can get them out. Uh, what these things are called actually uh, I closed down that Facebook, uh, but it, just just these you know spike uh over in uh, vape new york or whatever name of the company is is has got these things where one of them is called a penis the other one is uh basically fingers being uh, dunked into a donut and called some other things just really pornographic you know and and there's no no innuendo at all if people are going to be upset about those that's that's fine people can get upset but as of yet none of that is affecting a smoker that wants to get off of smoking if you you know it's it's just a different segment you know there's not people running around holding these things up and saying oh look at this bottle look at this bottle it's you know that those bottles aren't turning off smokers so Yes. Uh, there are elements of the industry that you're not going to like. Maybe if you're over 40, you're not going to want to go to any vape events because the vape events are catering to a younger demographic. Um, you know this is what happens in television once you turn 50 uh they stop even tracking you uh you know the the audiences i think uh, that they care about is uh, i think uh 15 to, to 50 or something like that or 18 to 50 and that's because marketing will show that once you hit 50 people are just going to do what they're going to do and all sorts of advertising and have no effect on them so if you want to get these smokers off smoking to save their lives it's absolutely fine it's it's a it's a noble worldly cause but don't think for a second that getting smokers off of cigarettes is the only aspect of the industry there are vapors marketing to vapors and and there's the ongoing vaping community or the the ongoing established vaping base and so yes we have to fight for these products to be legal but you don't want you know, the, some of the people that Phil and Dimitri and, and some of these other people are up in arms about happen to be the same people that are donating to advocacy. So I can hear people saying, is that just a get out of jail ticket? You know, you can have the, the most screwed up labels you can, but if you donate to advocacy, does that make it okay? Well, no, it, it doesn't make it okay in your eyes. Uh, but in the end, uh, if they're the only people that are donating to, uh, to fight a specific city council, uh, it, it's all that counts. And this is the, the Oakland Raiders uh, philosophy, which is just win, baby. So if, uh, if you know the people that are throwing money over don't have the, the, the labels that you like, it's, it's really a, a fight down to the, the industry. Um, the industry has to fight this. And you might not like your competitors in all regards. So what would Phil do? You know, he, he doesn't want certain things. He doesn't want other things. I mean, he, he wrote a very long post, and uh, I disagree with some of the things in it. Uh, and as far as I can tell, uh, out of the, I don't know, 7,000 or 7,000 likes, uh, you know, something like 1,200 follow-ups, I, I would say there's uh, probably 5 or 10 people that disagree with it. That it should be saluted um, as much as it is. I'm one of them, um, and that's just because I think we're narrowing the scope of vaping into something that it it really doesn't isn't going to be. It's not going to be just for smokers to get off uh, to to get off cigarettes. It's not just going to be that. There are people now that are. 18 and 21-year-old that are going to decide what products to use. There's other people that are going to decide what, what they want to do. It, it's, the, it's, it's getting bigger. That's not to say that we don't want all people to get off cigarettes. We do. Because once we get them off for cigarettes, we can market to them as vapors. So we want to market to them as vapors um and we'll see what happens uh and i i do, I do understand what phil thinks and and this sorry i shouldn't say about phil but I, I believe that 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 phil would think this although i i haven't seen him say it that if there's a positive image of vaping that that positive image is going to be translated to people that are smoking and that uh that's going to give them more encouragement to give vaping products trying. I totally agree with that. I just disagree that the the stuff that you see on Facebook and the stuff that you see in the vapor expos that that stuff is going to get out to the smokers. It's it's gotten out. It's it's out there. It's totally out there to a very small segment of a segment of a community on Facebook and YouTube. It's it's not in the public record and, and the ironic thing is that there's one article that is anti-cloud contest and it was written by spike babian who gave it to a reporter and the reporter ch- quoted her chapter and verse and there's that one article and she's the source of it now she's come out with the this new line of 100% pornographic labels um it says one of them says penis right on it so it's a hundred percent pornographic what are you gonna do you've got one person compl- you know the same person that, 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 that creates the one article against cloud uh blowing is the same person that puts out a penis juice give you know it's uh, y'all you, you, you couldn't make this stuff up um so all right uh the next item I had was, uh... The vaping Greek delivers a Trojan horse. But is it really art? Hint. Decide before you get, bring it in the castle. Yeah. It's... It's an appealing picture. We just have to... Just have to remove these labels and... And, you know, listen to me and... And the TPD and everything's fine. Well, you, that That's... A, it's artistically said. Uh It looks like a horse. Um... I think people have to decide. Here here's another one. I am I am would delight to lodge my festivist grievance to Dimitri, and I'm thinking if it was Phil, it was Phil too. I would like to to uh, lodge my festivist grievance against Phil and Dimitri for insinuating that these high end mortars making fine craftsmanship for for the for one-tenth of the price of a Rolex. Uh, Very, very... uh, Not even that, you know cheap prices, you know, not even the cost of a laptop, uh, that they're making these fine handcrafted stabilized woods, you know, uh, things that you, you set it down and you look at it and you go, geez, that's a piece of machinery and it looks like art. And then I'm going to hold this in my hand. I don't know. And probably push this trigger 150 times every single day. It's a wise purchase to purchase something like that, because if you do it, it's like a finely crafted tobacco pipe, you know, something that's really machined well. You know that that you you want to use it because you're better off wanting to use a a vaporizer than you are a cigarette so these so both of these guys Dimitri and phil they're complaining that 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 the high-end mods and it's it's labeled as the high-end mod you know gallery 600 bucks i mean that's that's not the cost of a laptop and we're talking about something that people hold in their hand every single day. This is like, you know, people will, will burn more money up on a couple pairs of shoes. Not me, but people will. There's there's people that will buy a purse that costs five times that price, and and th- they're thinking they're getting a steal because it's a coach or whatever. So we're talking about six hundred bucks for something that somebody holds in their day, hand every single day and Dimitri and Phil are giving these people grief because they don't have a starter kit in the high-end mod gallery and the high-end mods are too high of a price to have at a show because these people could just be, they could be using a, uh, you know, a tech product, uh, you know, shouldn't they be using really a really Joytech IO or whatever the hell they're pushing these days? Oh, Whatever product that they, uh, that, uh, you know, because they get vats of these things and they're pushing them, uh, whatever the, the starter kit du jour is is that they think that people should be using should, you know, that should be what the high-end mod gallery, so they I've literally watched an interview with Dimitri where he says it was really disappointing to, to see the, the high-end mods because 600 bucks is uh, too much for a new vapor a, an ex-smoker uh, to pay on a high-end mod I, you know and, and, and at the same time in that same interview he complains that there's not enough hardware people there just blows me away. So I I am lodging my grievance thinking that people that are making high-end stabilized wood mods, stuff that is really, you know, top-notch, you know, for the price of a laptop, that these people uh, are are in some way uh, sliding the new vapors uh, because their products cost that, uh, and, and that, and they're, they sh- they're showing them at shows, but if, if a random smoker walked in and looked through that, uh, to the high-end gallery, they, they would, they would lose their, they would, you know, spend too much money. Um, so, am I've lodged my grievance there. Uh, and then I want to go back to the label free-for-all and I'm going to say that, you know, if you're following the stuff that correlation does not equal causation. So, people are saying, oh, look, we got these labels, we got these labels, and then the FDA is coming after us. And so they say, therefore, the labels are, are there, and the FDA is there, therefore, the two are tied together. Or that that, that Mitch Zeller said, oh, look, you know, we're concerned about this, and, uh, you know, we're going to have to release our final rule. If you look at the deeming, which is the, the template for the final rule, it doesn't talk about the labels, but Somehow, we're going to propose a whole brand new set of things out of the deeming. This is this is the stupid logic of Dimitri. He thinks that something that's not in the deeming is suddenly going to jump up into uh, the uh, final rule. And that the Tobacco Control Act that doesn't allow for this is suddenly going to allow for it. And the final rule is going to be reflective, pointing back to the law, which it can't do. I mean, it's just the law does not define obscenity and even if it tried it would be failing in the courts so while you might not want your grandmother looking at it it's still America and you can't stop it so if you can't stop part of it you can't stop all of it and if you can't stop all of it the theory that you can suddenly uh, self-regulate falls out the window and so run lemmings run Uh, I mean because you see something doesn't mean that's what's causing what ails you and there's a lot that ails the vaping world but it ain't labels so all right spike's raunchy labels i already talked about that interesting spike uh who was the source of the uh the source of uh that story she also went to the the fda workshop the number three one and she's she was uh, totally in favor of uh, the 21 age, so uh, you know. Ah, the fun police, uh, as Phil described, uh, he, he was labeled the fun police, and he said that he doesn't want to be known as the fun police. So this grievance is ironically at at Dimitri. and I think that the fun police thing is a, a just a jest. It's a, it's a ribbing. So, Dimitri uh, runs to to support, which is a nothing thing. He wants to defend uh, Bersardo. And uh, so he says, ah, he's not the fun police. He's the idiot police. Well, I I think that should be checked out with Phil because I don't think that even Phil thinks he's the idiot police. I don't think he's going around policing. I don't think that's what Phil thinks he's doing. And, And so when Dimitri is like, oh, he's the idiot police, and I could play you the clip uh he's not the idiot police. And unfortunately there will never be an idiot police. The only people that you're gonna talk about, uh, is the idiot police. Uh what people like to say as the jargon goes on this interwebs is uh is Darwin is the idiot idiot police. Uh so uh or Murphy is the idiot police, one of the three. So You're not going to be able to outlaw or police all these idiots who are doing things that you don't like, such as labels, such as clouds, and that if you were to police them, it wouldn't help. Well, Unfortunately, if you were to be able to police them, it wouldn't help. And fortunately... That Some of the things that, that these hall monitors, the, these people that want to report everybody and be offended by anybody, they search things out on, on Facebook and find things to be offended for, then share off their offense. When, when Dimitri and, uh, you know, and company uh, go after and try and function as the idiot police, they're, it's of no service there's some things it could be it, it's possible on some things I'm I, you know if you make any absolute statement then you know you're wrong for sure every absolute statement is, is always wrong um, except uh, you know like a circle is round things like that but there, there is no fun police, and there can be no effective idiot police. And if regulation isn't to come, it will never be self-regulation. Self-regulation is a pipe dream of a bunch of stoners or idiots or frauds. There is no self-regulation. The regulation will come from the FDA, or the states, or the localities. It's going to come from the government. You're not going to have a Facebook group saying, calling themselves uh, Vapors against bad practices." That is going to be the police and the regulation. It's a pipe dream. It's just crazy. And if you if you think that you can go around being the idiot police or the fun police or whatever type of police, and you're gonna be able to stamp out all of them, it's it's whack-a-mole time. And in in this time, it's whack-a-mole with 24 million vapors which is the best statistics that i've seen on how many people are using vaping products in the united states today uh, i can back that up uh but that's for another show uh so dyi or die is as my next grievance uh there's a dyi or die um and this i would call him um Uh, somebody that looks to me that they they took the marching not the marching uh, it it looks to me like it's somebody that uh, was following on Facebook all this stuff about labels so they're complaining about labels and he talked about the golden age of e-liquid labels and flavors was back between uh, I think he was like 2010 to 2014 that was the golden age and he was talking about how the, the products and the labels and everything was all about the flavor then it became all about the labels and now today's labels are just terrible Uh, compared to the the golden age in 2013 or 2014, uh, 2013, 2012. So the the problem with DYR die is like every single DYR that I've met uh, is that... They all think that every single e-liquid manufacturer is overpriced and they'll just make it themselves. And so they're basically like the Bernie Sanders followers of the e-liquid industry. They just, you know, every e-liquid company is too big. They all should fail. And uh, that, uh, it, anyway, why don't we just grow this stuff ourselves and make it ourselves? I understand that they want to make their own, and and you know there's pride in craftsmanship, but there's also an attitude of screw all those companies that are ripping everybody off. So he's talking about oh the, the the importance of you know the golden age, and he's talking. But the the premise of this whole video by DIYerDie on YouTube is that uh, the labels are a problem, and and then he shows a picture of all these labels. Let's go back into uh, the reality of 2012 labels. How many labels were on Sharpies? A lot. How many labels were on inkjet printers? And then, you know, if you if you touched it with your finger, the whole thing would smear. That was the golden age of labels. Um, I mean, the industry has come up. Even some of these ones that that are uh, uh, and it's I have no idea about that I'm just I just watched a video of some guy flipping pancakes for the show so I remember pancake man um, so say pancake man is a label that you don't like I'm pretty sure it's going to have on a skull and crossbones a website and potentially some ingredients it better uh, but so even if on the labels that have the image that you don't like it's still a lot of the ones that people don't like still have the nuts and bolts of what a label needs to have after you look past the front. As you turn the bottle in a three-dimensional world, as you turn the bottle, you get to see what the rest of the label says. And as I said earlier, what's going to be important on the label are those skull and crossbones are the website are the ingredients is the specific warning for prop 65 on there is the specific nicotine warning that the federal government requires are they on there those are the things that are going to matter so i appreciate that dyr is very i, I liked listening to him um and but i i do did think that uh that he was a little uh, bit of a of a Pollyanna perspective as far as what the old labels used to look like, um, but the, the other thing that he's talked about, he said that there's somebody selling a, a flavor called radiator fluid, which is apparently a well-known flavor, and it's uh, it's super popular and uh, it's lovely, and uh, he was talking about how it's one of the best-known flavors. I've never heard of it. Uh, I guess it exists. I guess it actually is a well-known flavor but why on earth he's complaining about somebody having a uh a uh, a cartoon uh of a carrot and and a and a cake with a smile on his face so it's carrot cake and uh and he's using a cartoon carrot and a cartoon cake and and that's a bad label because it could appeal to a kid is his theory i'm not saying it is i'm saying that's his theory uh and uh that uh So he's complaining about those. At the same time, he's talking about something that is called antifreeze. Well, wait, excuse me. It's called radiator fluid. And so this is like, I have never even heard of this. So there's somebody that's selling a product called radiator fluid when there is an actual legitimate concern by, I didn't say that right. There is a legitimate effort by those anti-vaping groups to use antifreeze as a means to mislead and conflate issues that will make city councils more apt to rule against vaping products because the science that they're quoting has a tinge of truth to it. Or it it takes too much effort to explain why propylene glycol, which is used in non-toxic antifreeze is not the same as diethylene glycol which is used in toxic antifreeze Uh, so and there's a product out there called radiator fluid aka antifreeze so he's complaining about labels and expounding the virtues of uh, radiator fluid Um, it's some irony and that irony lodges my now grievance on this day of random festivus for the rest of us, uh, let's see. I've already talked about Amy Brewster and not vaping sheep, and why they're going around screwing around with Evan and not joining up with the program, and what is their purpose if they're not going to actually support Hoosier Vapers and they're going to build their own organization out of scratch when the when the the rules are coming as soon as july one um i don't get it it's a redundant effort and uh you know suck it up amy try and work with evan is what i would say even if you don't like him uh it would be the best thing for your for your state uh and if you're interested in your state evan has got you know he's working with a hundred different vendors approximately roughly in communications with so if you've got a hundred people or, or if you got you know my guess is you got about three or four people and you're doing a marketing campaign for your uh, for your not vaping sheep suck it up and work with Evan is what I would suggest and that is my grievance um, Indiana security firm um, this is news there is a bounty out it's a bounty call there's a booty attached uh a winning the winner gets a booty a booty prize uh and i think booty uh was used to be talked about booty and bounty are the same thing you know a a pirate's bounty and booty uh, is what he carries it in i believe but there's a bounty uh for anybody who can find a a security firm that is up to the snuff uh for indiana ten thousand bucks there is, and I'm not looking at it, and I'm sorry, I won't give it credit to, but somebody has put out uh, a bounty uh, of $10,000 to find and uh, locate a security firm. If you're, uh, it's a real offer. It's, it's not fake. So if, if somebody knows of a security firm, uh, there's $10,000 to be collected. And I will be trying, I'll attempt to try to do it. I, I said in, in one of my previous shows how I would try and do it. Uh, now i am got better incentive, so anybody else wants to try it, uh, and that's fine. So that is the show. What can I say? Oh, baby blue. Not hear anything. Want my money back. I tell you.